1: A story that I think is definitely worth talking about is the spike in the members within a union. 2023 became the year of the unions, one of the most dramatic spikes in certifications and applications in recent memory. To talk about this more, a wonderful reporter, the Thais Labor Reporter, Zach Visseria, kind enough to join me. Zach, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And let's get into this. What are the simple reasons that this number spiked? Because we see it go up and down the ebb and flow of these applications, but more than double this year from last.
0: There's a few reasons, but I think to start, it's good to set up the numbers. In 2022, we saw 143 applications from unions to unionize new workplaces. This year, as of October 31st, we already had 301 and by the end of the year, we were projected to get up to maybe as high as 361. That is a more than a doubling in the course of the year. And the big reason for this is that the BCNDP government passed legislation that makes it simpler for people to join a union last year. So in some ways, this is expected. But the other reason is more economic. And you can frankly see it as a grocery store, Rob. Life is getting more expensive. Costs are rising everywhere. Mm. And there is a bit of a shortage of workers across various industries. So this has put unions and their members in a much stronger uh, position at the parking table. And for many people, it's provided an incentive to unionize their workplace in pursuit of higher wages, better job security, better working conditions, or maybe to, st- maybe to avoid um, you know, layoffs or, or tough economic times ahead if we do indeed hit a recession in the coming years. Zach, uh, in your article, you
1: mentioned that in Kamloops, workers at an A&W voted to join the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, making it the first of those fast food locations to join a union in Canada. Do you expect to see, Zach, perhaps more diversity when it comes to these applications for inclusion?
0: I don't expect to see it because we're already seeing it. Ah. Um, A big change that's happened in this year is that we aren't just seeing unionizations in places where we expect them. You you think about some industries that traditionally have very high union concentration, places like telecommunications or a lot of manufacturing work, a lot of forestry work. We're seeing unionization drives now at animation studios in Metro Vancouver. We're seeing them in visual effects studios. We're seeing them in fast food. We're seeing them in Starbucks locations. We're seeing them in places that traditionally had next to zero union representation. And I think that's partially a reflection of the changing nature of workplaces. That's partially a reflection of this new law that makes it relatively simpler to unionize these workplaces. And it's partially a result of unions changing their strategies. So they, they recognize they cannot stick to the same sort of set of businesses. and that There is apparently real interest from workers in some of these other sectors in joining unions and, and collectively bargaining with their employers. You talk about the spike, and I think
1: it's really great to get into that number because you talked about the fact that it could end up being around, what, 360 by year's end. Mm-hmm. Heading to you know a number of collective bargaining agreements in 2024 and beyond, is this really uh, a come-to-Jesus moment for those who are going to have to start the negotiating process? Because there's now many more eyes looking at
0: what the bar is going to be set at. Uh, The come-to-Jesus moment, I think, actually arrived this past year. You know, because of the way inflation has gone, because of how costs have risen at the bargaining table, employers, frankly, are are having to pony up a lot more when it comes to these negotiations. The average compensation for big collective agreements in Canada this year, Rob, on a year-by-year basis was 3.7%. It was less than 2% by year. It was less than 2% in 2020. So in the course of just a few years, the average size of a compensation package by year has effectively doubled in these large bargaining units. Um, we saw, for example, on the port workers' strike, or uh, you know earlier this year, or in the federal service workers' strike, um, we saw workers really demanding really big wage packages from their employers. And in some cases, you know, thinking of a few strikes that happened in BC over the past couple of years, union members have actually rejected the original agreements that their unions strike with employers because they want more money. The expectation is just higher right now. Now, that could change if interest rates decline and if, you know, things slow down. But the reality is, is that if you signed a collective agreement in 2020, before the pandemic kicked off, maybe, and you've gone through all the things that have happened since and you've fallen behind on your wages year over year, you're going to come to the bargaining table in 2024 and you are going to reasonably expect a very large payment package, right? You're going to look to catch up. So, yeah, employers are going to have to just deal with that reality, and so are unions. They, they have to negotiate really good deals if they want their memberships to approve them.
1: Zach Vissera is a Labour reporter with the TIE, joining us here on CKNW. Uh, more analytic from your article, we talked about BC unions filing a growing number of complaints, which accuse employers mm-hmm. of breaking Labour laws. Those numbers went up dramatically as well. Yeah,
0: they, they effectively doubled as well. Now Now, for some clarity, when we're talking about these complaints, we're really talking about unions basically alleging that employers are breaking labor laws. Um, and we saw 122 of those unfair labor practice complaints in 2022. In 2023, as at the end of October, we'd already seen at 231. And we're projected to go well above 270 by the end of the year here, Rob. Now, the main cause, it would appear, for the number of those, of those complaints is these new certification drives, these new drives to unionize new workplaces you know, experts I spoke with and organizers I spoke with said it's very common for employers to try and dissuade people from unionizing, and in doing so, they sometimes step over the legal boundary, and that's when it gets hashed out at the BC Labour Relations Board and becomes a, a legal issue. So this is this is kind of a you know, in some ways, not an unexpected trend that we would see this, but it goes to show that th- these unionizations are not won easily. In many cases, workers are clashing against employers in these fronts. And sometimes that leads to accusations of impropriety or, or illegal activity.
1: Feels like the momentum has shifted in labor's favour. Would that be a fair assessment?
0: I, I think it has. Now, it is useful and important, I think, to put this into context. This is not 1976. This is not an age where the majority of private sector workers are unionized and where they have a huge amount of momentum, right? This is This is small potatoes in some ways compared to that. But I think if you look at the trend over the past couple of years, it's clear that the labour movement still has a lot of sway in this country, and especially in this province, has a lot of momentum. And they're looking to expand. The the, the tide certainly has shifted, Rob.
1: Wonderful insight, Zach. Please, let's do this again. And uh, Happy New Year. And to you too.